welcome to High Action. I'm Perry Smith. I'm Will Brown. I'm John Story, and together we're the New West Guitar Group. On today's episode of High Action, we're featuring Yotam Silberstein. A special thanks to our Patreon members and our sponsors who make this podcast possible. For more information on High Action and how you can get involved, please visit www.newwestguitar.com slash highaction. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of High Action. This is actually our episode number 41, featuring a great guitarist named Yotam Silberstein. Uh, Yotam is a guitarist out in New York, where I also live. I've been fortunate to meet him a few times and hang with him. He's a really fun guy, and uh, Will, I mean, I know you've been playing a solid body a lot. That's kind of what Yotam's rocking these days. How do you feel as a jazz guitar player playing a solid body? Don't you feel like you've gone over to the dark side just a little? <laughs> Not when I'm playing a loud gig. Um, okay, so, you know, there's something, there's something very at home about playing my 175, playing the jazz language on a 175. You can't really recreate that. Why would you want to? It feels so great. Exactly. Um, what story. I will say is when you're in unknown live performance situations at varying volumes... Um, and it's your turn to say something and cut having a solid body and having the right setup and being able to have your lines pierce through the mix frees up your mind to be creative. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think there are pros and, and cons to both, you know, it's so true. And, uh, you know, going over here to John, you and I have been champions of the arch top guitars and the hollow bodies for so long. And, I have to say, I agree with what Will's saying. It makes perfect sense. That's how I feel when I play my 335 or my solid body. But there's something I still love about the arch top. I know you feel the same way too, John. So talk to me about why you haven't kind of navigated your artistic sound in jazz onto a solid body and why you've stayed to the hollow body. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, also with Yotam, um, when I met him, at, it, when we were in the Monk competition, he was playing a Gibson L5 exactly like mine. The yeah. same thing, a two-pickup L5. There were actually two other guys that year that were playing the same kind of L5. I remember all of us kind of laughing that like nobody at that thing was playing a solid body. Um, you know, Lage was playing a hollow body. It was just like we were all old archtop kind of diehard people. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I have from day one played acoustic guitar. I never really did play solid body guitar. I, I had a strap and when I was a teenager, cause it was the only guitar I kind of borrowed it to play in jazz band and then immediately got an Epiphone casino, which is the most electric guitar I've probably had ever had at that time. But yeah, the, um, the solid body for me is something that's been kind of a later thing. And nowadays I actually am playing a fair amount on my telly and, um, yeah, it's it's it is interesting. I think that in jazz, I actually think it's a cool thing that in jazz the solid body is becoming more accepted because I think it 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 allows more guitar players who maybe have a telly to be like, oh, I want to go play some jazz. In the past, I remember seeing a lot of guys that were jazz players playing beautiful L5s and 175s and looking at the price tag on guitars like that and being like. I don't know if I can afford to get into jazz guitar to be able to go get myself a <laughs> hollow body, you know, because um, there weren't as many arch top options then. But yeah, the Yotam that I know still in my mind is the guy that plays the seven string Cummins arch top and the L5. Huh. And it's been interesting seeing him in the recent years on social media move towards his solid bodies. He's definitely a guy who's switched a lot of guitars around for the last decade and a half. <laughs> yeah. Well, as the listeners will find out, um, this is a really fun interview with him. You know, he's a he's a really chill guy, and we have a lot in common. Unfortunately, John, you weren't able to be in this interview. You were otherwise occupied. Uh, yep. But Yotam gave a lot of great advice just about his setup, um, about the kind of fusion of music that he creates uh, between a lot of music from South America, jazz music, music from um, 
his own culture growing up in Israel. So it's a really fascinating interview. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. And if you're looking for more content from the New West Guitar Group and you want to hear us actually playing these guitars that we talk about and getting into it, follow us on Patreon. You can go to our Instagram page and there's links to check out our Patreon where you get all kinds of exclusive and behind-the-scenes footage and lots of guitar playing and tips about the instrument. So we really appreciate everybody listening each week. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode with the great Yotam Silberstein. All right, it is my pleasure to welcome guitarist Yotam Silberstein to the High Action Podcast. Yotam, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, how are you doing today, my friend? Thank you, man. I'm, I'm uh, doing very well. Thank you for the invitation. It's an honor for me. Yeah, the honor is ours. Um, you know, I've been a big fan of your playing since I first heard you. I, I moved to New York, I think it was, it was around 2009, and started becoming familiar with your playing a little bit more. And yeah, it's always been really inspiring to hear what you're doing on the guitar. Um, for listeners that, that don't know about Yotam, he's a really incredible jazz guitarist, one of the most exciting voices on the instrument today. Uh, Yotam, you have such a precise technique when you play, really fluid technique on your instrument and a wonderfully clear sound. And I've always been interested in the setting that you put your music in. I want to talk a little bit about that, some of the bands you lead and the people you've worked with. Uh, it's always been really interesting to me, so we're excited to... Very kind, man. You're, very, you're too kind. You're no, too kind. no. We're excited to uh, feature your music and your artistry uh, on this episode. And before we kind of dive into all that, I'd, I'd love to ask you a little bit about your background. Um, I, I know you were born in Tel Aviv, in mm -hmm. Israel, and I'd love to just know how you got started on the guitar and kind of how you got introduced to jazz music. Okay, so um, I was, like you said, I was born and raised in Israel, and um, I think since, ever since I can remember anything, I've always been attracted to music uh, from a very young age, and then like um, guitar become, has become like even more like um attractive to me and i was like always looking at guitar at, at the tv you know and like wow looks amazing you know like i want to do that and then like uh um i was begging my my parents to play and and my mom had a, a guitar because my mom used to play uh and the guitar was at my grandma's house where my mom grew up and we one day we went to visit grandma and i i just like i I forced my, my parents to, to take the guitar with us home and we took it home. And then I just started to, to have fun with it, you know, and kind of teach myself very basic things. And then I, and then I started to take uh, some lessons, but it didn't really work out because the, the teacher was trying to teach me to read music. And I wasn't interested in that. I only wanted to, to, to listen, to hear stuff. Mm. Yeah. It became, became more of like a, that kind of thing, uh, like just trying to play songs that I love, you know. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, what and, kind of things? Jazz. What kind of things? Um, I think the first bands that I liked were Queen. Yeah. Then Guns N' Roses. Oh, yeah. Metallica. There you go. Uh, um, and then I got into, yeah, and then I got into to, to metal, too. I got into, like, you know, Iron Maiden. Yeah. And, and Megadeth and, and uh, stuff like that. And then I got into, like, some like more guitaristic guitaristic stuff you, you would say yeah yeah like you know like steve Vai and satriani and john petrucci yeah like all those guys and frank gambale and holdsworth you know and like that kind of world yeah and it's so and inspiring then I got into, say again sorry it's so inspiring those players what they can do on the instrument and yeah. exactly and exactly. some of the bands you were talking about there's so many cool guitar riffs in those songs like i remember being a young kid and trying to learn Enter Sandman, uh, the Metallica. Dude, amazing, riff. right? Yeah. You know, like I always love that stuff. I think it's, it's probably a, passage, a common yeah, a common experience for a lot of guitar players to kind of get inspired into the instrument uh right away yeah, man. through those types of and bands it, and players. You know what's funny is that my son, I have a five year old that is just 
getting into that music now, man. He's that's like, great. that's what he wants to listen to all those bands. So I'm like, I'm, I'm having like a second, uh, like a second wave or something yeah. of, of like, so I'm, I started to get into metal again now. Nice. Like yeah. I'm, we're listening to a lot of it together. You know, it is fun. <laughs> um, kind of being able to relive your childhood through your children, you know, whether it's introducing them to music that you listened to early Absolutely. on or all kinds of things. Well, yeah. I, I wanted to uh, just kind of get a little bit more of a clear picture on, on how you got into the scene and how you got into music as well. I know yeah. you moved from, uh, from Israel around 2005 when you were awarded exactly. a scholarship to the new school. So you came to New York and I'm, I'm always interested to ask players kind of about their their earlier experiences uh, in New York. And, you know, for me, I was a guy that came from California in 2009 to New York, and there were certain aspects of the scene that kind of surprised me. I mean, I had been visiting a lot uh, prior to that, but living here is a different thing. And Why? Like, what surprised you? If well, I may well, one of the main things, and I'm curious if you share this, I was just surprised by how many musicians actually participate in the jazz scene, uh, regardless mm. of how much work they have as musicians, whether they're doing something else or whether they have different sources yeah. of income. I always thought that was really uh, interesting. It wasn't as common in L.A. I mean, Will lives in L.A. He can, right, he can right, talk right, a little right, bit about right. that. Like but, The Hang, you mean? He's talking about The Hang. Yeah, and and yeah. it's cool in a lot of ways because it creates this big community for for. The, for jazz music and for this amazing for sure man inspiring i music. think maybe in la it's like starting to happen a little bit no mm. like yeah, at least I mean, some I, people I, are trying i think there's there's spots to hang in la but i think just in general the proximity of everything in new york and yeah and the, the cultural like hub that it is there it's just exponentially more like Modern. Well, man, no place is like New York. New York yes. is, is, is every time you're going to try to compare a given place to New York, you're going to fail, man, because that's what everybody says. Like, yeah, it's yeah. it's cool, but it's not New York. Of course it's not <laughs> New York because nowhere, no, because it's nowhere it's, it's like New York. There are some places that are cool. I like LA, man. I would live in LA. Yeah, it's um, a, and it's a great but, guitar uh, town. LA is a great guitar town too. There's a great community for guitar players there. That's true. Yeah, it, it it was really cool in that aspect. But I like and, LA. And, um, my it's the problem is that it's far for me because, I, well, at least it, I used to play in Europe a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. And I and also uh, to visit my family in Israel, like it makes it makes it just adds a whole like lot of hours, man. Yeah. Or even just for my kids to talk with their grandparents on the phone, right? You know, yeah. um, that's yeah. like uh, it like adds like uh, three more hours. So, In, important things but, to consider. But maybe for sure. one day, yeah, maybe one day. No, I, it's definitely on the on the table. It's, yeah, man. It is a nice. I mean, as a guy that spent eight years in LA and now mm -hmm. over ten years in New York, I, I have a bit of a good understanding of how to compare the the two scenes. And LA is a really oh, nice quality. You're of not life. from LA originally. San Francisco originally. Oh, yeah. okay, even better, dude. Yeah, but that, well, again, a whole other podcast. We could talk about the issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In California sorry, sorry. and the Bay yeah, Area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but we, Just, we, okay, sorry, we sorry, digress. Sorry. Um, Today's episode of High Action is sponsored by Jeff Traugott Guitars. Jeff is a luthier based in Santa Cruz, California and he brings an incredible quality of artistry and craftsmanship to the acoustic guitar. He only builds about 12 guitars a year, and he develops a very close relationship with each one of his customers. Together, he focuses on the tone and the playability that you want from the acoustic guitar. Here's a recording of me playing my Trigot acoustic. The playability is amazing, the tone is rich, so for more information, check out trialguyguitars.com. I wanted to ask just a little bit about your experiences, again, early in New York, as we were mentioning. Yeah. Because the scene is so different from anywhere else, there are so many players here. Uh, it creates, like I said, a wonderful community for the music, but it's also this sea of people and musicians that you kind of totally. have to filter your way through and navigate your way through. And, you know, what were some of the things that, you know, 
surprised you or you didn't expect when you first started moving here? Were there certain aspects like that? The thing that messed me up the most was the weather. The weather. Yeah. Well, that's dude. I mean, yeah, uh, literally. It's true. Um, I uh, my first. First of all, my first two two years in New York were were disaster. I How was, so? I I hated it, and I, oh, no. I I was depressed. I you know moving to a new place, a new culture, new language, like everything is new, like new new weather, literally. Yeah. And like um, I didn't like it, man. At first, I didn't enjoy it. Also, I came from a point in Israel where I was just playing a gig every night. Right. You know, um, playing with all of like the best guys and like all of a sudden I'm nobody, man. Nobody knows me. Nobody like gives a shit about me. So in a way, I think that was a very valuable. uh, That was a great, a great lesson for me. Yeah. Um, I needed that. So, you know, after a while, I picked I picked up the pieces um, and I, I like got stronger and then things started to happen, too. You know, I started to play with people. Yeah, absolutely. People started calling me. Well, uh, well on that the first guy, sorry. I was just going to say on that note, I I'd love to ask you some of the people that you connected with early on that were really inspiring in your direction and your your approach to the music. Who were some of those people for you? The first guy that really like the first guy that called me just to to invite me to play with him was Curtis Fuller. Very cool. Because yeah. when I was uh, when I was in uh I, I did because I, I did the monk competition. So mm-hmm. we got invited. I got invited to do the Betty Carter program because it was, you know, you know about that. Yeah. Did you be- do that also? I did not. It's, it's called okay. Betty Carter jazz ahead, right? Yeah. Betty Carter jazz ahead. It, it, it used to be a little different than what it is now. So, so they invited me to do it. I did it. And it was the teachers were Nathan Davis, James Moody, um, uh, Curtis Fuller, Winard Harper, like all bad, bad asses, like everybody, like amazing faculty. And I connected with them. Great. I, uh, I, you know, that's the reason why I came. I came when, when, at the time when I came, all that I cared about was, was, um, jazz music that was recorded mostly between like 1959 to like, I, no, no, I'm saying like up until 1959. Right. You know, right. Like, or bl- 61. Right. Right. Like very, very specific. Like, and I wanted to meet those people. My dream was to, I, actually, it's funny, speaking of LA, I came to, my dream was to study with, with Kenny Burrell or with, uh-huh. with Jim Hall, you know? I, those yeah. were my heroes, man. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I, when, and when I came to the new school, I wanted to study with Jim Hall. That was my thing. Yeah. And I, 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 was, I used to beg him for, for lessons, uh, but he, he didn't want to teach me. But anyway, the, so I, <laughs> then I, I, at the Betty Carter, I met uh, Moody, uh, mm-hmm. and I started, Moody started to invite me to play with him and then i met uh john lee uh the director of the dizzy band mm-hmm. and he started to call me and then from there i i met roy hargrove i started to play with roy and i met uh monty alexander and i met mm. paquito de rivera and i met claudio roditi and like jimmy heath and like you know how it is man you're like it's yeah. like it's kind of like covid you know like it's like a chain of of, of yeah but in a good way though yes. yeah in a good way of yeah, course totally. it spreads you you and for me i was living my dream because that was the reason why i came here i i, I like i it's funny because i never imagined that i would get to ever play with benny golson you know or or mm-hmm. or like uh hank jones mm-hmm. and and uh some names that I like, I, I used to, to, to read about on liner notes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, we can keep dropping names if you want, but, but uh, no, but it, I think you get, I get, yeah. I get it. And it's beautiful. And it's important yeah. for our listeners to know that, you know, you're such an excellent player that, you know, people can pick up on these things right away. The older generation, they hear stuff in younger players and they can kind of tell, okay, this guy's got it figured out and I want to give this guy a shot. Uh, it's really wonderful to hear that. And it is rare, you know, um, having younger players get a shot with older musicians was more common back in the day. It's less I common felt like, these days. I felt like when I came, like when I was doing that stuff, nobody else was really interested in that. I felt like my fellow American players were mm-hmm. more interested in like uh, maybe Kurt Rosenwinkel. Not not that there's anything wrong with Kurt mm-hmm. Rosenwinkel, but like when I was... Um, when I was interested in that, they were that I felt like there wasn't a whole lot of people doing the same, you know, like 
Right. I know what you mean. There's there's sometimes there's pressure as a guitar player to uh get really into the modern side of things and get into the right. get right, into right. the players that are really new and in vogue and and I agree with you. They're amazing. Yeah. I, I I love people like Kurt and all, many others. Uh, Me too. But man. there is a beautiful tradition to the music and it sounds like you were able to connect with some people in that way. That's that's really neat and you know, kind of moving on from there, uh, one of the things that I've found really interesting about your artistry and your direction is that you've kind of combined that tradition of jazz with some wonderful music from uh, South America, uh, specifically uh, Brazilian music, uh, the music of Choro. And yeah. I, I wanted to ask but not you, only. Not only, yeah. I know there's music from Argentina that you've been involved in and things like that. And I, I wanted to ask you kind of more about molding these two styles of music uh, that you've done so beautifully. Uh, Thanks, man. This, this tradition of jazz and, and music from South America. Can you talk a little bit about getting into that stuff and kind of the journey that you've had so far with it? Yeah, you know, so uh, it's funny because it's a good uh, segue into, because we were talking about, I was I was really into jazz and I was I was just listening to jazz and like researching it, you know, and trying to, and, and the result was... Uh, really learning the language you know and and i when i was i've always been interested in in music from south america particularly music from brazil and from mm -hmm. from argentina like mm -hmm. but um not only like I, i'm just i, I want to study I'm, I'm a student you know yeah so when i started to learn about that music i said okay i i'm, I'm just gonna learn everything i want to learn about the, the history of the music the players who played with who i i even learned portuguese you know and i've learned spanish I've been just researching. I've been studying that music really hard, you know, every day. And um, I guess I'm not even trying. I'm just letting it kind of mold in, you know. I don't know if it makes any sense. It absolutely, does. Man. Yeah, I mean, oh, you've, okay, cool. you've sort of created this nice little uh, niche for yourself in combining oh, these, these two uh, genres of music. I don't know too many other people that do that to the same level as you. Uh, at least oh, I can't thanks, think man. off the top of my head and... Yeah, I've always been interested in in your groups and your bands. Uh, many of the guys you work with are are friends of mine. People that I've oh, been cool. fortunate yeah, to yeah, play yeah. with. People like Glenn Zaleski, Glenn, yeah, 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 and, and Daniel Dore, yeah, drummer has been oh, playing man. with you for a long time. And um, the pianist Vitor Goncalves, who also plays accordion, yeah. he seems like he would be a great resource for you in terms of that music as well. So you've surrounded yourself by with good people. You know, I've learned a lot from Vitor. Um, I've learned a lot from from all the people that I played with. Yeah, and it's funny because like now a lot of Brazilians consider me like to, to be somebody that like maybe knows even more than Braz some Brazilians, you know. Not, <laughs> That's cool. Uh, not that I'm trying to to like blow my own horn or anything, but it's fun. It's funny to me like that. It's, well, but I, I guess I. It must be a. It's a. It's a good compliment, you know. Like you're. Yeah, of course. You've oh, dedicated a lot of your time and energy to that music and. It's similar to a bebop in a lot of ways in the jazz language. Totally, it's it's totally is, man. I mean, totally. the the feels are different. Um, sometimes the melodies are obviously different, but there is a uh, sort of an intense amount of technique and a really precise amount of technique that's required to pull off some of these melodies and and to really get the short stuff for sure, man. Yeah, into yeah. the music, and I'd love to uh, play a track from your album, uh, The Village, which you recorded in 2016. Really great album. I'd love to play a track that kind of highlights some of this Brazilian music that we've been talking a little I bit about. I think it was actually, just a little note, I think it was actually recorded in 15 but, and it was released in 16. Released in 16, good. Yeah. Thank, thank you for clarifying. Yes. Uh, just because now five years later, I play much better. I feel like, wow, when I listen to that album now, I'm like, wow, I'm well, happy because I, I, I'm sure you guys feel the same way about your old recording. Yes, and we all. Of course. It's always, yeah. Yeah. but let's give you credit where credit's due. It's a great, <laughs> great recording, man. And, and we're, often, we're often our harshest critics. And so we can definitely- Exactly, you, can, know, you all know about it. We can definitely relate. But this is a great track. I don't, I'm probably not going to pronounce this right, but the track is called Ovoi de Mosca. And it's written- Ovoi de Mosca. Ovoi de Mosca. And it's written by a Brazilian composer named Jacob de Bendelim, I believe. Yeah, which is my my- He's my number one influence. Okay, well, this is a this is a clip of the melody here, and it's really killing. So let's take a quick listen to this. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. What a what a track, man. Wow. So beautiful. It's uh, one of the hardest uh, one of the hardest songs ever written. Yeah, it sounded difficult, but it also just puts a smile on my face. Like hearing that melody, there's so much joy in that melody, the way it's constructed. And I wanted Amazing, to, huh? Yeah. And I wanted to ask you just a little bit about your process and learning some of these melodies. I, I've heard you talk about it a little bit, but I think it's important for guitar players because a lot of us out there are working on things that may challenge us. We're all at different levels. We're all coming at it on a different point of the journey and practicing new things that are difficult is really important to understand. And one of the things I've heard you talk about, Yotam, is practicing slow and really kind of getting things right from the beginning. Talk a little bit about the importance of that when it comes to learning this music of, that you've been playing. Totally. Uh, I agree with everything that you said. So, um, What's your process yeah. like? Um, I, first of all, yeah, playing slow is like, is maybe the most valuable uh, tool that we can do, that we can use to learn music mm -hmm. uh, without, like, without doubt. Um, because I feel like slow, playing slow is like, it's kind of like a magnifying glass that, that allows you to look at, at, at much more detailed picture. For me, um, slowing something down is kind of like really has been crucial in my development. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I mean, playing like playing stuff with the metronome very slow, playing tuned with the metronome very slow, and also transcribing things like like music that I love, whether it being it whether it's being jazz or choro or anything or classical music that I also learn from mm -hmm. from from here. Everything that I do, I always start very, very slow. Even the transcription, like I have the app on my phone, mm -hmm. I slow it down, play it, play each phrase. So I take a phrase, work on one phrase. I take one phrase and like really spend time with it, trying to get the feel, trying to get the time, trying to get the dynamics, trying to get the groove, mm -hmm. trying to get the length of the notes, mm -hmm. trying to get whatever other implication well, might be, you know, uh, but every, every little, everything that the, that the, that the music has. And that's, the, that's the cool thing that I took from jazz. Cause I used to do that with, you know, um, Parker. I used to do that with Sonny Stitt solos. I used yeah. to do Sonny Rollins. Yeah. Like a lot of solos that I transcribed. I never wrote any of them down, but I can remember a lot of them, you know? That's great. That's really heavy. Yeah. And I, man, I, I'm so glad we're talking about this. You know, Will and I discuss this a lot uh, when it comes to our, our group here, the New West Guitar Group, because we're oftentimes working on music that is really challenging as an ensemble. And we say, man, the devil's in the details and we got to work on this totally. stuff slowly and you got to get it down solid and really address as guitar players. Oftentimes you have to address your fingerings, how you're, how you're articulating things, whether you're pulling off on certain pack, packages passages or uh, packages also packages also yeah <laughs> or you know articulating everything with your pick there's so many little details to discuss and so many man so many it's, and, it's endless yeah and it's endless it, and, and it's funny because the more you 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 see it like the, and then you see that there's all, the whole other things that you don't see you know so yeah it's true and so and cool. oftentimes uh there's like this urge for us to try to play things at tempo that we're not quite ready for. And so I'm, I'm glad that you're encouraging everybody here to kind of take Dude. it slow at first and, and really get it right uh, at a slower tempo. And then the speed will come. It will happen. It will, it will be there, you know. Amen. Amen. Could not have said it better. Oh, well. Uh, listen, at this point, I want to just ask Will Brom to chime in here. I know he has yeah. some questions for you. Uh, some What's things up, about man? guitars, all yeah. kinds of stuff. Well, man, I you know, like I said, we only got to hang that once at at uh, in L.A. Um, this last twice. Winter. No, I feel. I, I yeah. Where we you at the Blue Whale also, once? Yes, I saw you play at the Blue Whale too. Yeah, so, yeah, yes, yeah. Twice. Um, but see, man, I remember, I mean, man. Ah. I I yeah. I, but again, you know, I'm I'm a huge admirer. I love how dynamic you are. Um, I really love that Sam First show, man. Um, that oh, was a man, trio thanks. show, right? Yeah, trio. Yeah. And, you know, you were playing the Choros and you were, I, I love how your sound and your approach with single note playing 
And um, something I'd love to bring up, because I'm curious on your insight on this, especially playing uh, semi-hollow guitars and even electric guitars, um, like interpreting the jazz language, such as like from horn players especially, on guitar is funny because there's a jazz guitar history, right? Like with hollow body jazz guitar language. And then there's jazz language from horn players. And there's a lot of similarities, but there's also a lot of differences. And I feel like you've you've definitely, you know, spent a ton of time in both. But I'd love to get some insight on you interpreting, like, you know, you've done, you were posting about your Coleman Hawkins transcription, you know, like emulating that sound on guitar mm. and just kind of dive, dive into your, mm. your process with that a little bit. That's always been my thing. Um, yeah. I think I probably spent uh, like a lot, far more time studying horn players and piano players than studying guitar players. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, that's it. I mean, that's really it. And uh, it's, it all happened because of a teacher the teacher that I had in Israel, he was the teacher that a lot of us has had in Israel. The people in my generation that came from Israel, um, his name was Amit Golan. Uh, he passed away, unfortunately. But um, what he taught us was that, was exactly that. Um, jazz is a language. It's an African-American um, language that's, uh, that, you can t that you can study by listening to the albums and by trying to... to copy and trying to uh um imitate the players and that's what i did that's what i did so i did listen while i did listen to some guitar players i i listened to a lot more horn players and piano players so that's been my thing only later on later on when i came here i started to get check out a little more guitar stuff mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what i mean how do you feel about like, because the way the guitar works is funny, especially if you're comparing it to like, to playing horn lines, because you know, the horn is, it, it's a wind instrument. And the guitar is such a gridded between the pick and the frets. It's such a different like thing. But you know, interpreting horn lines, whether it's whether it's playing legato or, or, you know, like, have you found any i mean obviously you find we all find our own ways to do things in our own voice but like how have you kind of dealt with that that's exactly what you're saying is exactly the thing i mean it's it's just i guess i have no answer for you but yeah but the only the only answer is like is like try to use the tools that you have on your instrument mm -hmm. to make it sound like that like that thing that you're hearing you know mm. yeah yeah, do that. Uh, I love it, man. And and that's the th yeah. You, you I, I I'm sure that's the thing. I mean, that's the that's the trick, man. That's what we want to do. Let's yeah. do that. I mean, let's do that. That and that's what I'm working on with my students too. Hmm. We're trying to do that. Trying to how like wow, listening to a saxophone, listening to Common Hawkins or to you know whoever, man. Mm -hmm. Okay, how can I how can I get that? What like maybe I need to like bend the string. Maybe I need to slide. Maybe I need to like jump and, and I don't know, you know, so. And like, also like, again, I'm kind of getting really into the gear aspect. No, oh no. Which you I know, hope you don't mind, but like, like string gauge. Yeah. And the way that really affects the sound, the sustain, you're talking about bending, you know. Yeah. Um, like I, I find a lot of benefits in, in 11s versus 12s, like both, both have, are great and and offer like really different vibes yeah the 11 they got the more electric uh like aspect of things because of the especially if you play like around like a, a third right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but i've been into i'll, I'll tell you man like yeah, it's dude. funny because like i've been playing tense now i've 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 kind of like not really playing uh I, sure. i'm playing solid body now that's my thing right i, I played right. my gig last night <laughs> on the strat man so wow. man i wanted to ask you about that yeah. it's valle guitars right yeah man that's my yeah. man pablo so i just got a strat uh like, oh cool in april which one i like a fender american professional okay cool actually yeah there it is nice. yeah, yeah, guitar yeah, players. yeah since we're three guitar players yeah, yeah nice so, beautiful man i love it man i put i put 11s on it um and it's cool you know it's so funny i'm sure you guys would agree like playing 
fenders, like the scale length, the way the frets are. So it's, check this out. Yeah. Yeah. So my Strat is modern. It's not a Strat. It's like a Strat okay. that I designed. <clears throat> right. And I have, I've, I've, I've designed the, mostly the neck. Uh-huh. Like we worked on the neck together, Pablo and I, and, and I've told them exactly what I need. Like, this is what I need. And one of the things that I needed was I like short scale, man. I like to play yeah. the short scale now. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, I mean, my hands are fairly big. They're not huge, but I feel like the short scale is much more convenient. It allows for, for more. It's like playing more like a piano player, like with comping and grabbing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Even, yeah, with anything, it just feels more natural to me. Yeah. Strangely. I don't know. Or maybe it's not strange. Right. Whatever you think. And um, I'd, I'd love to ask you about your Westville, too, because yeah. I, love, I love the sound you get on Me, too. Thing. I love that. Oh, guitar, yeah. Man, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful Super sound. Playable. Yeah. Is that so? That's a semi hollow, right? Yeah. Nice. Oh, so that, but that's a bit of a thicker body because I have. Yeah, I, and I, that's another. Yeah. That's also one that that we design. I designed together with the, my good friend Masaki. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it doesn't matter because it's not a video, right? <laughs> oh, who cares? I just I, I forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great instrument, man. Yeah. Really. So tense. I dig it. Tenth, on on yeah. this one, on the Westville, not tenths. On the Westville, elevenths. Okay. But but nice. on the Strat, tenths. Yeah. And I, I even Perry just graduated to thirteens. Is that correct, Perry? <laughs> it is. But you know, this is an interesting question because our podcast is called High Action and High Action. Yeah, and, which I'm also not a. Well, it's funny because okay, so here's the process. Since I got to New York, uh-huh. I got to New York with uh, fourteen and fifteen on the top strings uh-huh. and then like and then a set of four of 13s and with the years man it's just like it's like like the yeah. graph yeah. you know like yeah yeah the curve the curve the is going down slope. and i'm I'm actually about to order a set of nines um for my strat. for which axe for the strat for the strat, okay. for the strat. wow yeah th- the reason i bring yeah. it up that the title of the podcast is because the high action sort of represents the, you know the kind of resistance you want from the instrument and ultimately that can be different for any type of player whether you want to have a lower action lower string gauge higher action higher string gauge any kind of combination of that can work and i think it's about that resistance and how you approach the instrument that helps your phrasing and totally. you can certainly do that with nines with low action we you know we would talk about great guitar players like john mclaughlin that played with light strings and played with lower action and a, and a did he and he, yeah, and he had a a soft touch, you know, a light touch, but was able to phrase incredibly. So, you know, I guess just to put this back to you, Yotam, you know, how does your setup kind of help you phrase uh, the way you want on your instrument? Um, I'm just trying to have like you know a situation where I'm comfortable. Like, I, also, I used to I used to suffer some like you know like some some uh, pain, you know, and like mm-hmm. some issues with my hands and stuff. Ah. So I'm trying to, you know, not to be in a situation where I have to suffer the least, I would say. Yeah, that's a good good plan. You know, <laughs> and I like the sound. I mean, when I actually one good thing that that happened when I when I lowered the action was that I started to play to t- control my dynamics a lot more, man. Because when there you go, when your action is is uh, you can you can you you can you can play soft. You have to play soft. Mm-hmm. So my picking, I pick very very soft. Uh, yeah, right. uh, that's the secret, I think. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree. And yeah. man, I know you, you, you know, on your albums and and including on the the new John Patitucci album, you're playing uh, some nylon string too. And I've also heard you. I'm pretty sure I've heard you play some steel string on on some of your albums in certain tracks. Correct? Actually, not on my album, but on on John's album, I played like a twelve string. Uh, uh, yeah, man, cool. and we know all about that, man. I mean, we're huge acoustic guitar you know proprietors it's it's such a thing and it's so different than than the jazz guitar jazz language thing like acoustic guitar is a whole nother world yeah for me like nylon string guitar is the most beautiful sound like i agree probably but probably more beautiful than i mean i don't know i don't i don't want to say more beautiful but it's it's a sound that i'm deeply connected to you know, mm, yeah, man. Um, so pure. Yeah, man. Uh, from for many reasons, you know, uh, my childhood, 
Brazilian music, South American music, flamenco, um, mm-hmm. cl- classical guitar. So I just love that that sound, you know. One of the funny things that we, you know, when we get to interview all all these different people is the guitar just exists in so many different things. We're talking about rock. You know, I yeah. too, like, just like you, man, these bands you were naming, that's totally how I started in, Great. in high school was, was with rock, rock guitar. How old are you? Like, what year I'm were you? 31. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. So you're younger. Um, well, uh, you know, but you still, but it's cool that you were still into those. those well, I stuff. mean, but that, yeah, you pick up a guitar and it's like, first thing I ever learned was an ACDC riff. It's just, <laughs> oh yeah, it's so conducive to the instrument. Oh yeah. Um, totally, man. But yeah. I mean, you know, there's rock guitar, there's acoustic you know, classical, it's, it's just, it's a very demanding, it's like a, it demands your whole life, man. Totally, man. And when you go to Brazil, man, you go crazy because you like, like you hear yeah. some guitar players that are like out of this world, man. Yeah. And wow. It's a humbling experience, you know, let me tell yeah. you. A lot of our response with this podcast, it's been great to kind of create a community and connect with different guitar players and kind of share people's experiences. And we're excited to kind of, keep building this community and fostering some inspiration for guitar players everywhere and on that note, i'm going to check out i'm going to check out the, the, the episodes too yeah please yeah. do yeah i think you, you dig yeah. them it's an insight into a lot of players into their careers and some people we've been talking with have had 40 year plus careers and stuff it's, so it's pretty interesting oh, wow. cool. in that regard but um just Coming back here to uh, the music that you've been recording and, and your tremendous playing, I'd love to feature an, a track off of your most recent album. This is from a uh, 2019 release. This is called Future Memories, which uh, is a really great album for people to check out. If they're not familiar with this one, I would definitely recommend it. It features the aforementioned Glenn Zaleski on piano. Uh, wonderful John Patitucci on bass, Daniel Dorr on drums, and I think also Vitor Goncalves, who I know as well, is is on the album. Uh, This is a great sounding disc, and I'd love to feature the second track called Matcha. Could we play a little bit of this for the listeners, Jotan? Please, man. Okay, here we go. Yeah, I had to feature a little bit of my man Glenn there at the end because yeah, he, he sounds so good on your album so too. So good, man. Yeah. Uh, but man, tremendous playing. You know, for the for the listeners, uh, you know, when you're hearing guitar playing like that, it's it's a wonderful technique of uh, legato phrasing where you can hear. Your really, talk. I wish I felt the same, man. He's he's not picking every <laughs> note, and he's being able to articulate more like a horn player, kind of in regards to what Will was asking about trying to capture that spirit on the horn and. Um, on the guitar, actually. And, and to pass this off to you, Yotam, you know, as a guy that's really worked on that technique as well, I know that there are challenges with that technique when you're trying to articulate and, and stay within the rhythm. And you do it so well. And I'm just asking, you know, 
what are some of the tips that you have for people that are trying to explore more of that legato technique? Uh, thank you. Do it slow, man. Do yeah. it slow. Well, again, back to that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everything that you want to. I think every new uh, technique or uh, um, every new subject or, or whatever you want to call it, like mm -hmm. um, topic that you want to introduce into your playing, you need to first of all do it slow. I think. Yeah, pretty I much. Say too, man. <clears throat> I love, I love that. Like you dig doing some odd time signature stuff. I, I'm sure you agree. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. I don't think it's necessarily underrepresented, but I, I'm really into it. And I, it, me too. It's man. always cool when I can hear other cats like throwing down on some seven. Yeah, <laughs> this is know? not seven though. <laughs> it sounded like seven with something seven. else. We kept, I kept listening to. It. I was like, maybe this is nine or eleven. I wasn't sure, but there were seemed like some bars that felt like you guys were playing them in seven. Should I tell you? It's not seven. Tell so us. What is it? It's eleven. Yeah, okay. I was wondering right. that. Yeah, because yeah, I knew it wasn't seven Even straight up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but sometimes it's like uh, sometimes people break up seven in different ways. Like yeah, so so kind of like a seven and a four almost. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I look at it like uh, like more like uh, four three four. Mm -hmm. Four three mm -hmm. four. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah it's fun. It's you know what tune it is, right? Everybody knows. I, I heard if I should lose you quote in there at some point. Oh, like yeah, there's, there's a lot of a lot of quote, like the, but the harmony, the harmony of the of the tune. So what is knows? it? I maybe I you should give the listeners like a, I did rec I did recognize it, but I wasn't <laughs> sure the name. I was like, oh, I know this tune. I've played this tune. Was it T for two? Yes. yes. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Good. Nice. That's why man. the song is called Matcha. You know. Right. Right. You know, that's a tune, man. Yeah, a lot of cats like Peter there. Bernstein. They do jive yeah. coffee. It's yeah. kind of a. It's also it's in a five. way like yeah. That's it's awesome. in a way a tribute to Peter also like who's my, my yeah. man. Something that I've uh, I wanted to ask you about before we run out of time uh, in in this interview here is I've gathered from social media and from following you that we share a love for yoga as is yoga oh, something yeah. that you still practice i wish i did more man okay honestly i thought that you were involved in it and i wanted to ask a little bit about it because i think it relates a lot to guitar playing and being a musician and oh just, for sure it relates just, to everything that you want to do with your body my wife is is my connection she's a she's a yoga instructor as well as other things but she uh and I did a lot of, uh, we did some some collaborations together when she uh, gives a, a class and I'm playing for the class. I bring it up because I think, you know, taking care of your body is so important as a guitar player. There's certain ailments that come from guitar playing when you're just hunched over, crouched over on yeah. the instrument. Yeah, right. You know, whether you're in a chair all day or whether you're standing up performing for long periods of time, it can have all kinds of detrimental effects on, on your body. And I'm sure people out there listening, if they've put a lot of time into their instrument have felt that. And what are some of the routines that you do to kind of keep yourself, uh, you know, healthy and, and ready to go, uh, to, you know, keep, keep the guitar playing un uninhibited. So your body's not yeah, yeah, putting man. any uh, extra pressure on you or anything. Well, I do stretching. Some stretching is from yoga, I guess, mm -hmm. like and some other types of stretching. And I also I trying to do some cardiovascular Good. stuff, whether it being walking or running or biking or something. And I am sleeping when I, I mean, yeah, being a father, sleeping is not like the, <laughs> the maybe not the, the biggest quality, but um, you know, stuff like that. Eating well, drinking water. Yeah, and, and that reminds me, Will and I were talking about earlier, just being in the pandemic, how different our routines have been, you know, from being out late and touring. It's, it can be yeah. hard on your body to keep that up. And uh, totally. Will, talk a little bit about, you yeah. know, your routine and, and how much you feel like your health is stronger. These yeah, days. man. I mean, first of all, I don't have to tell you guys, but like not being on the road. Yeah. Like when you have this much more control. So yeah, I do like a super long walk every morning nice. and I've been, I drink a ton of water. Like you probably saw, like I always just, I'm just constantly drinking water and I basically fast for like 16 to 18 hours every day. So that ends Me up, too, man. Yeah. Me too. Like wow. you kind of eat like one big meal or like one two. and a half, two. Yeah. yeah. 
So, and it's just, it really helps regulate. I mean, A, it makes you more productive, like, and it, it's, it's really nice. And when you're not jet lagged, you're not traveling, you're not like at the airport and find yourself eating a pretzel or something weird. Like it's, it's pretty amazing. Is this the intermittent fasting? Yeah. I've yeah. been doing it about a year. Man, it's, it, I've been, I've always done, I mean, I've been doing it since I was like, yeah. always been doing it. Cause I, I've not that I knew it was a thing. I just never used to be a breakfast uh, person. Yeah. Yeah, part of the discussion f- for me here is just trying to find ways to keep your body strong and keep your mind focused. Uh, it can be hard yeah, during, during the pandemic, but as guitar players, if you want to execute on your instrument at the highest level, you got to you got to keep your body right. You got to get your mind right so you can so you can really play at your at your top level. Uh, it's so important. For sure, man. And uh, let me just kind of wrap this up here uh, by just saying, Yo, Tom, how much of a pleasure it has been to get to hang with you and speak to you Likewise. today. Thanks, man. We're big fans of your music. And uh, for all the listeners out there, go check out Yo, Tom's, check out his social media, check out his music online. Uh, is there anywhere, Yo, Tom, where listeners can kind of uh, check your stuff out that you want? Do you have any online classes you want people to be subscribing to anything yeah like that? i have some classes uh my music master class i have six uh, instructional videos my music master class yeah, it's a great resource to kind of yeah, learn a right. little bit about uh yo tom's approach and get into some of his exercises and things like that tons so, of stuff tons of stuff uh well again it's our pleasure to talk to you and, and we're excited uh to hear some of the music you're putting out in the future um i wish you guys uh all the best, man, and like be healthy and be be well. Yes, be so happy. Keep the music alive, dude. It's always inspiring hearing. Yeah, you. man. Thanks, yeah. thanks. Thank, Likewise, thank you for the inspiration right. and and um, take care of your family and and we will see you soon. We'll stay in touch. Thanks, guys. Please do, man. All the best. Yeah, man. All right, yeah, Tom. All right, brother. See you, man. Thanks again for joining us for another exciting edition of High Action. We'd like to take this moment to thank our sponsors for making this podcast possible, especially those who follow us on Patreon. If you'd like to join us, visit us at www.patreon.com slash Group. There you can subscribe monthly to our Patreon page and get exclusive content from today's podcast. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts for all the future episodes. Once again, I'm John Story with New West Guitar Group, and thanks for joining us on High Action.